The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Support for this show comes from the Beyond Suffering Bible, a Bible for people who want to understand what it looks like to think and live like a Christian in the midst of hardship. It is ideal for caregivers, ministers, or the person who is suffering. Begin your journey from endless struggles to God's infinite hope at beyondsufferingbible.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Patrick Shen. Patrick is a documentary filmmaker whose award-winning films include Flight from Death, The Quest for Immortality, and The Philosopher Kings. His new movie is In Pursuit of Silence. A review of the film appears in the September-October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Patrick Shen, thanks for being with us on Essential Conversations. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Well, I tell you what, I watched the movie, Mm -hmm. and it is... Now, I saw it on a small screen, right? Oh, no. Uh, You know, on my computer (laughs) screen, not not in a big, you know, in a big theater. I get it. But the visuals, and we're going to talk about the things that, that are vocalized in the film so that you know we have some things to talk about but what a stunning movie i mean you have i mean you're you know you, you've won awards so you know this but you you have a tremendous eye you know what you're doing when you're trying to create a visual effect wow thank and, you very much i, I really yeah. appreciate that it was it was really very very interesting to watch so in the movie, I'm going to like pick out things that just spoke to me. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, there's this, this fellow, and you can tell us about him, Greg Hindi, who's walking around and he's in mm-hmm. silence. Mm-hmm. And he writes to the viewer of the movie, you know, people who are watching, in his notebook. And he writes, in the last third of the, of the movie, he writes this. People wanted a reason for the silence, an explanation. Now, he's not talking about the movie. He's talking about what he's doing. You can expand on that. But he says, people wanted a reason for the silence, an explanation. I felt that it was self-explanatory. So, tell us what he's doing and if you have an explanation for what he's doing. Yeah, that's an interesting comment because it really parallels our own experience of making the film. You know, because when we set out to make this documentary and documentaries of course historically are attempts at um trying to illuminate an audience or 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 demystify something right for an audience to educate an audience about something and we knew from the outset that this would be a problem for us um it's a problem for 
a subject as massive and as sacred uh, and as abstract as silence that is, you know, I think many would agree that's perhaps best left to the imagination, best left to um, the mysterious. And so we knew from the get-go that that it would be um, it would be a foolish to to make a film that was truly entirely about the subject that that attempted to define it completely for an audience, if there even is such a, a, a possibility. Um, so I think that's what he's sort of getting at. I think silence is one of those um, materials, one of those experiences, and there's a thousand different ways to talk about silence, right? Um, but it's one of those experiences that that um, is best left to be experienced rather than discussed and picked apart. Um, there's only so much talking and discussing and intellectualizing you can do um, before one is just forced to to step into that that engagement with silence themselves and understand the benefits of silence and what it can what it can open us with op- open up within us and how it can open up a whole world of possibilities externally as well what what took you to this i mean what you know what was it about silence that was so intriguing for you personally? Yeah, that's interesting too because uh, you know I, I'm not sure I knew exactly um, from the get go. It was it was um, I was intrigued with the topic. I I understood that there was um, a, a lack of it of uh, a lack of silence in my own life, um, and I knew that people had been had talked about silence throughout the ages in this very sort of um, respectful. Uh, sacred sort of manner. And so it began just as a curiosity of mine. It wasn't until I watched a film called Integrate Silence. I believe it was 2007. Integrate Silence is a beautiful three and a half hour meditation on the lives of monastics. And that's when I began to think about silence as something other than an acoustic property, uh, the zero decibel silence. Um, but something that had these existential or metaphysical kind of implications to it. Um, and so that's when I really began thinking about it. And of course, I had children, um, you know, a few years back, and and my, my whole world became much noisier and a lot more frantic. And <laughs> it just, I, I started to become more obsessed with the idea of silence and wanting to know more about it. And, you know, of course, our world has, has gotten very hectic uh, in terms of the, the pace that we are, are forced to kind of keep up with. Um, and so there's this noise, both literally and metaphorically, both internally, externally, that we that we now have to face. And so it all kind of combined into this um, into this uh, obsession um, that I had with the topic. And that's really where where I think the seed was planted. Now, there's a section in the film where people are talking about uh, social media and you know how how that's disrupting our relationships. I mean, stuff that that we've heard in a lot of different venues, and the answer there is is to unplug. But that's not really what you're talking about in this movie. I mean, you mentioned just a moment ago this the existential qualities of silence, which, as I understand it, in my own experience in silent meditation center uh, uh, situations, the silence we're talking about isn't simply unplugging from your smartphone mm. and, and what, what, what is your, I mean, how have you experienced silence? I mean, do you go on retreats? What, 
how do you get in touch with that existential quality mm. of silence you mentioned? And maybe you can help flesh it out for us. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've gone on a number of retreats, uh, of course, uh, while we were researching the film. That was a big part of the journey for us as well, is uh, immersing ourselves in this, this subject matter so that we could, um, you know, um, sufficiently sort of express something about the subject. It was really important for us to not make a film that was just a representation of silence, but something that really kind of evolved out of a consciousness. Um, and uh, I get to answer your, answer your question more directly, how I find silence these days, I, I'm not the, the classic, um, you know, sit in lotus position type of meditator. I, I, I really like the monastic model th where there's um, no delineation between daily activity, one's work, and an engagement with silence or prayer, if you will. And uh, it wasn't until I had completed this film when I had realized that I, I really wasn't done with with silence, uh, or perhaps silence wasn't done with me, I guess is another way of putting it. And what I did uh, was was quite drastic. I shut down my office of, of 10 or 11 years, and um, I built a small little shed in my backyard where I now do all my work in silence and solitude because I, I, I just, um, I began to understand the, the the power of this material and how it um, sort of allowed me to refocus um, and reconnect with my own work, reconnect with myself, and of course my family as well. It just it's done wonders for me, I think, in terms of um, allowing me to just be more centered in the way that I that I navigate my life. Well, I, I admit that I get along better with my family when I don't talk. I mean, that, that, that always works for me. That's a different topic, isn't when, it? Yeah. You know, when you were talking about the monastic model, I thought, oh, yeah, send the kids to a monastery. That would, that be, would good. be great. That would be great. quiet at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, I, I do silent retreats, and, and I run retreats regularly. Mm. Uh, not the whole the whole retreat isn't necessarily silent, but we do uh, what we call the great silence. It's about twelve hours of silence during mm -hmm. the day. But there's nothing really silent about it. Hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. the world around me isn't silent. Mm -hmm. And then the world inside of me isn't silent either. Yeah. It's just that people aren't talking. Mm -hmm. And I know that people say to me when i've when I've gone to some of these retreats, you know, it, it, this is a way to focus on your own inner life. Mm -hmm. But but for me, the inner life is is a, is dialogical. I mean, it's just I'm talking to myself. There's always this mm -hmm. chatter, right? You know, and right. I'm wondering if if how you understand silence in that context, where the outer world is sort of muted, but not, mm -hmm. not turned off really, but the inner world is you know is just chattering on. Right. Yeah. There's there's a perpetual inner chatter, isn't there? I had the opportunity of spending some time in anechoic chambers uh, during the making of this film. Anechoic chambers, for those who don't know, are rooms that are virtually soundproof, 99.9% .9 soundproof. And this particular anechoic chamber in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the time, when we were filming there, was the quietest place on record on the planet. Negative 13 decibels inside the room, in fact. So 13 decibels uh, below the human threshold of hearing. So you can't really get at the point at that time, you couldn't get to a place that was any quieter in terms of the external uh, noise or external sounds. And I always say to people that this was the most deafening experience of my life because it, <laughs> there was there was this perpetual inner chatter. That it, it was remarkable how distracting, 
how loud and how how incessant it was. And it was actually quite disturbing because I, I it was then that I realized that how much work I really needed to do on myself to just sort of quiet that chatter for a moment. And I think that's, yeah. for me, uh, one way to talk about silence, one way to look at silence is the quieting of this narrative that we're constantly telling ourselves this this narrative that we withdraw that we we draw our identity from and 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 i think what happens when we truly meet silence when all that chatter sort of falls away is we we become uh we almost lose that sense of identity and it's really fearful for a lot of people i think um but i think when we sit with that silence long enough and we we quiet that inner chatter long enough i think we at that point we see that the other face of silence you know the one that's warm yeah. and inviting and 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 meaningful and full of hope and love and and uh, all that kind of the loneliness and fearfulness disappears at that point um and anyway yeah so I, that's no, one way that i see silence i think that's really insightful um, the what what you said really gets to the one of the points I, I was looking for for myself from the film that what you're what we're quieting or silencing is the inner narrative which is mm. different than just the ongoing chatter the yeah. chatter is it, it's sort of just background noise but mm. that inner narrative if you can turn that off that's where all the problems come from is that is that inner narrative that identity that that uh the narrative that gives me my identity that sets me apart and, and really produces all the difficulties in my life. Have, <laughs> at, yeah. at the, the, the place you're talking about, the... the um, anechoic chamber? Yeah, the anechoic chamber. That's the one in Minnesota? Exactly, yeah. Orfield Labs in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, okay, I got the fact that it was silent. You could feel it right in the film. <laughs> but, but the dampeners, I guess, that they use, what a gorgeous place. I mean, I, obviously, I don't want to go into it because you can't see it on the radio. But, but um, watch the film, people, and, and look at the beauty of that place. It reminded me of sensory deprivation tanks. Yeah, right. Now, right. have you had any experience with those? I have. Yeah. You mean the flotation tanks, yeah, right? Flotation that, tanks, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I found it really, really uncomfortable, just physically speaking. Really? It, was, it was a bit of an awkward experience for me. Um, but I, I, I have spent some time in, in some of those pods. Um, I prefer the, the anechoic chamber, actually. I mean, it, you know, once I, once I was able to quiet all that inner chatter. It mm -hmm. took me, of course, 30 minutes or so. Um, I actually found it quite, quite calming and centering. Whereas in the, uh, those flotation tanks, I just, I felt strange floating in the water. I don't know. I, I, I actually uh, emerged from that pod with a, a little crick in my neck. It was just kind of a weird physical experience for me. I don't know. Well, that, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Long time ago, when I lived in Miami, Florida, and I had a synagogue, we would periodically rent out the entire flotation tank. It wasn't a store, but you wow. know, the facility. Wow. On a Saturday night after That's the really Sabbath, cool. we would invite people to come, and I would teach about Jewish mysticism. We would chant, mm -hmm. and they had a number of tanks, and people would rotate through you know, the, the tanks. Oh, that's but amazing. My, 
my first experience when I just was trying to learn about it before I, you know, took other people there, my first experience really briefly, you're in there for an hour. And I thought it was the loudest place I'd ever been. I thought there was something <laughs> wrong with the tank. Yeah. And when I complained after it was over about the, I heard the plumbing and the flushing of toilets and, oh, wow. was, and, and the guy said, <laughs> Not the guy very said no, the guy said, it's totally soundproof. What you heard was your blood flowing through uh, your body. Wow. I had never heard the inside of, you know, <laughs> that it was mind blowing. I mean, I eventually learned to turn, tune it out, but, but just even that being in a, in a place that was so silent that I could hear the inner workings of my physical mm, being. I mean, that's that was, right. that was pretty intense. Silence is a powerful Mm -hmm. tool for this quieting the narrative of self and then you know moving into this greater reality in the film you quote i mean you talk to some a lot of interesting people but one happens to be one of my i never met him but just someone i really admire mm. pico um Iyer. Mm. and fantastic he said yeah amazing writer just a, a human. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he says, I'm quoting him from the movie, retreating from the cacophony of the world is stepping toward everything that is essential. Mm. It's in, and I'm, then I skip a sentence. Then he goes, it's about loving the world again. Mm. And yeah. wow, that, that is powerful. Um, retreating from the cacophony of the world and stepping toward everything that is essential. how, I mean, I don't know if you can put this in words, but how would you help us understand the everything that is essential? Mm. Yeah, that's a, you know, I, I um, how could you follow that up? I mean, I, I think yeah. Pico really sums it up beautifully right there. You know, another thing that Pico talks about is, is how many of us are living our lives um, uh, just one inch away from the canvas of our lives. So if our lives were a, a canvas, we're just standing an inch away from it. And and I think one thing that silence does, it it it, it um, allows us to take a step back, right? And allows us to to see the entire picture, um, all the sort of minutia of life, all the little mini crises that happens uh, throughout our days, all all of a sudden become small and unimportant again as they should be. Um, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could sum that up and, and touch upon that smart enough and, and enlightened enough. I yeah, think I should, to, have, to I should answer ask that, him. Right. I yeah, I think him. you should. I, that wasn't fair maybe, but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, th I think there's an unspoken, uh, aspect of our reality on the planet and we all know this, but I think we don't spend enough time accessing it. Um, or even considering the role that it plays in our lives. And I think that's a huge mistake. I think that's maybe uh, in part what he's getting at there. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I have an odd question to ask you. Uh -huh. uh, at least it seemed odd to me when I thought of it. And, you know, the film has, besides being visually powerful and I mean, I loved when you actually gave us snippets of John Cage's, you know, 433 silent concert, which is just <laughs> phenomenal. And I was, and I loved watching the audience. What were they doing with that silence? <laughs> yeah. um, but while I was, so you're doing that, and then people are saying these very powerful things, like uh, you know, Pico Iyer just did about uh, you know leaving the cacophony in the world is is stepping toward everything that's essential. Have you talked to deaf people about this? 
Mm, I have on occasion. Um, we actually interviewed a really fascinating sound artist, of all things, who also happens to be deaf uh, and was doing this really interesting work um, looking to kind of re-examine her relationship with sound through vibrations and allowing those vibrations to paint pictures. And it was really fascinating stuff. Ultimately, it was just too much for the film. Um, you know, at the end of the end, at the end of the day, we wanted the film to act as a, as an invitation into the subject matter, not right, be this right. comprehensive, you know, sure, thing sure. about it. Um, but yeah, I, I found, um, there's a whole nother film to be made. I think about deaf people's experience of silence, because even for them, it's anything but, but silence, um, you know, in the absence of external noise, our bodies sort of begin to make sounds. Um, and there's a sense of sound, like even in the anechoic chambers, um, I heard all sorts of strange sounds. It wasn't just my own body and, and my blood flowing and whatnot, but there was ringing in my ears and all sorts of things that, that, that my, my body sort of created in that, that void. Um, because I think that's what our bodies are designed for, right? We're designed to uh, understand the world through these sort of sonic cues and uh, where we're, we get the sort of understanding of our position in a particular uh, space, right? By understanding how long it takes for the sound of our voice to reflect back to us um, from the wall. And so there's all these um, sort of orienting type of um, tools that our, that our bodies kind of engage with to help us mm. understand where we are. Um, and so deaf people, yeah, I, I, you know, I, again, that's something that I, I don't, know if I can speak confidently on just because we didn't go into depth on that, but they, yes, they have a, a quite a profound and an entirely different relationship with silence. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the people seem to be romanticizing silence and then I kept thinking, but what about someone who's sort of stuck in that, mm -hmm. you know, they're not retreating from the cacophony of the world. There is no cacophony of the world. Right. So I mean, their, their cacophony is often centered on, on the visual, isn't it? At that point. Um, and there's a, there's a visual noise that we all have to contend with as well in the same way that, that we have to contend with the the sonic noise of our world so let me because we've only got two minutes left let yeah. me ask you a question about how scary silence is for our culture mm. so i'm thinking uh you know in, in the I, I don't know what your religious background is and i, I didn't ask and, and that may not even be relevant but in the book of psalms six, psalm 65 it says to you, talking to God, says, to you, silence is praise. And yet, in the West, uh, the, the churches, synagogues, you know, the mosques are filled with with talk, you know, with, with mm -hmm. liturgy. And I mean, some of it's beautiful and some of it's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously my opinion. But, but silence is not, a, you know, even in Judaism, when you have the silent prayer, it's said quietly out loud. Mm. It's, it's just, <laughs> you're just saying the thing, but you're, you're saying it softer. That's yeah. not silence. And if you right. actually ask people to go into silence, even if it was four minutes and 33 seconds, it's frightening. Mm -hmm. People are, are intimidated by it. Yeah. So, so I guess my question is, if you have a sense of why that might be, what are we hiding from mm. behind all of our talk? Mm. That's a really great question. I think that we are in a culture that idolizes the loud and the dominant, right? Mm. Loud is loud has always been in um, in the American culture. Um, 
And I think the louder we are, the more dominant we are, the more tension that we get, the more respect that we typically get from people. Uh, it's the silent ones that that uh, are often overlooked and ignored in our in our culture. Um, it didn't always used to be that way, but I think it's become that, um, certainly in the last, uh, I don't know, uh, 100 years or, or what have you. Um, but I think we're, we're afraid of ourselves, for sure. I think we're afraid of what uh, who we might encounter in in those silent moments um, when the chatter falls away, when the narrative um, falls away, who is that person that we are left with at the end of the day? Um, and I think a lot of us uh, perhaps are afraid of what we might find. That is the perfect place to end this conversation. <laughs> Our guest today was Patrick Shen, whose latest film, In Pursuit of Silence, is reviewed in the September-October issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can learn more about Patrick's work on his website, pursuitofsilence.com. Is that the only website, Patrick? That's clearly the one about this movie. Yeah, you is can also go to uh, patrickshen.com to learn more about my other work. Okay, definitely yeah. do that. His movies are, are phenomenal. So, Patrick Shen, thank you so much for speaking with us on Essential Conversations. Thank you, Rabbi Rami. Appreciate it. Support for Essential Conversations comes from the Beyond Suffering Bible, a Bible for people who want to understand what it looks like to think and live like a Christian in the midst of hardship. It's ideal for caregivers, ministers, or anyone who's suffering. Begin your journey from endless struggles to God's infinite hope at beyondsufferingbible.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Al Matassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of A Guided Life Podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.